Hello, beloved, and welcome to this Bible study on the two natures of Christ. An amazing study, because it's, um, it's who Jesus is. It's just so amazing. Before we continue, though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name, and thank you that we can learn more about Christ. And as we get to know him more and more, Father, and grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, Father, we... We learn to adore Him more. We learn to to understand who He is more and more. And Father, we can worship Him more and more because we know who He is. So I pray that as we study the two natures of Christ, Father, we pray, please, will you open up our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and may your name be glorified in and through everything that is being said in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, when we talk about the two natures of Jesus Christ, there are actually two, let's call it, theological terms that uh, basically explains the two natures of Christ. The one is gnosis, and the other one is the hypostatic union. Now, fancy words, but it just it's theological words or it's words to, to describe the two natures of Christ. Now, in our study of who Jesus is, Beloved, there are some difficult questions which we will not get easy answers for because the answers are not easy. I mean, through the years, Bible students have sometimes given big names to to difficult questions and they kind of just made it more difficult to understand. All right, and that's unfortunately also the case with this word, kenosis, and the word, the hypostatic union. All right, but... Unfortunately, that's what happened in history. These names have been given uh, to explain the two natures of Jesus Christ. And I think it's important for us to just realize that it exists. But we can simply just talk about the two natures of Christ. Now, when we come to the life of Jesus Christ, there are many different questions. Two of these questions are the following. Listen to this. When Jesus became a man... Philippians 2 verse 7 tells us that he emptied himself. That's what Philippians 2 7 tells us. That Jesus emptied himself. What does it mean that he emptied himself? That's one of the big questions. The other one is, Jesus is both fully God and fully man at the same time. And the question is, how do these two natures fit together? How is it possible? All right, so... These two questions are basically called the question of kenosis and the question of the hypostatic union of Jesus Christ. All right, so let's look at kenosis first. In uh, Philippians 2 verse 7, uh, Paul writes that Jesus emptied himself, and the Greek word for emptied himself, that word emptied, is basically the word ekenusin, uh, which, um, from which we basically get the word kenosis. Right, so the question is asked of what did Jesus Christ empty himself? All right, because that's what we read in Philippians 2 7. Eh? Jesus emptied himself of what? What did he empty himself of? Now, there are some people who basically give the wrong answer when they say that Jesus emptied himself of his nature as God, you know, when he was on this earth. They say that he was no longer God, but he was only man. Now, this answer is obviously wrong, because um, 
we see many things in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ that actually shows us that he was fully God. He was still God um, when he was on this earth. For example, when he calmed the sea and the wind, you remember, in, in, in the storms. Only God can do that. Only God has control over nature like that. All right. What about raising Lazarus, for example, uh, from the dead? Only God can do that. You remember when the woman, woman with the issue of blood, when she touched the garment of Jesus, the power went out of him. He kind of felt the power go out, but he didn't know who touched him. And that was his divine nature or his godly nature that actually healed the woman. But he himself, his, uh, his human nature, just felt um, power go out of him. So what we need to do is to answer the real question. Nah? Um, because we need to understand what, what does this mean, this emptying of himself? Right, so we need to answer this, this question. What happened when Jesus emptied, him, emptied himself? Basically, it wasn't a, a subtraction. No? It wasn't just, it was a, a kind of a taking away, but it was an addition. Now, that might sound strange. But you see, if we see it as a subtraction, as something that's been taken away, then it means that Jesus isn't fully God anymore, or Jesus isn't fully human anymore. And that's not true. When we think of emptying, now we think that something is being lost. But in the case of Jesus, it, it was really a matter of something being added. You see, when we read the words um, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, we find that Jesus took on the form of a servant. He took on the likeness of a man. He took on the appearance of a man uh, and the death on the cross. And these things were basically all added to Jesus. No? But in, in adding them, he basically accepted the limitations that goes with them. And in that, in, uh, how can I say, in, in, in that way, he was emptying himself. You see, it's just like when we take a, a chain and put it on a, on a dog. There's something being added to the dog. No, the chain is being added. But this thing, thing which is added also brings limitations to the dog. All right, so in, in, in Christ as well, when he took on the form of a servant, the likeness of man, the appearance of a man, even to death on the cross, all those things were added to Christ, and it limited Christ. All right, but it was added to him. I hope that makes sense. And this is the question of gnosis. All right, the other one is, obviously, the other question is the hypostatic union. And the hypostatic union question basically asks how the two natures of Jesus, that's his nature as God and his nature as man, how could they exist in one person? How could Jesus have a human nature and a divine nature all at the same time? All right. Now, we believe that the two natures of Christ Jesus can never be separated from one another. But at the same time, they can never be mixed or confused with one, an one another either. You see, Jesus for is forever the God-man. He decided to do that. And that was decided in eternity past, eh? before creation. Uh, Jesus was going to become the God-man, and he's going to 
uh, he, he, he's going to em- empty himself. He was going to, he's going to be the incarnation. God would become flesh. God would take on um, a human nature. All right. God is, uh, uh, I was going to say, Jesus is fully God and he's fully man at the same time. Now, there are different thoughts, but they can be summarized as follows. Christ has two distinct natures, all right? He's God and he's man. There is no mixing or confusion between these two natures. And although he has two natures, Jesus is still one person. All right, so he has two natures in the one person, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is God incarnate. He's the God-man. It's just amazing. Beloved, that's why when I started off, remember we said there are difficult questions, difficult things to try to explain. And the the two natures of Jesus is is one of those things. It is very similar to trying to explain the Trinity. Now we can have all these, let's say, theories, and we can have all these um, well-thought-out philosophical wording about the Trinity. But if you go and sit down and think about it, the idea of the Trinity, no? God being one in three persons, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it's difficult, difficult for us to understand. And I believe the same thing is, is true about Christ's two natures, the fact that he has a divine nature and a human nature in the one person, Jesus Christ. Now, we've seen before, I spoke about it already, that Jesus needed to be both God and man, eh? And why? It's for him to be able to die for the sins of his people. All right, so are these uh, teachings of gnosis and the the hypostatic union, are are these teachings helpful? Uh, Do they have value? Well, in the first place, I think gnosis helps us to, to, to realize how much Jesus loves us. You see, he was willing to accept all the limitations of being a human being so that he could die for our sins. That's amazing. So this idea of gnosis helps us to realize how much Jesus loves us. He took on human nature, you know, and he died. And it's just amazing so the question that comes up, if Jesus Christ, uh, who is God, who became flesh, who took on human, uh, uh, human nature, if he was, was willing to humble himself to that extent, how much are we prepared to actually suffer in order to help others? Because Jesus Christ became man, he became human, to come and help human beings. So how much are we willing or prepared to, to suffer in order to help others? Right Now, when we talk about the hypostatic union, what does that help us? Does it really help us if we know something about it? Well, I believe it helps us to remember that Jesus lived a sinless life as a man. All right? And we ought to follow his example. Okay? Does it mean that I will be able to live a sinless life? No, obviously, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's a fact. 
So at the end of the day, it is important for us to understand that the hypostatic union of Christ, the, the union of the two natures, um, it helps us to remember that Jesus lived a sinless life as a man, and we ought to do the same. It also teaches us that God has put much value on us as human beings. Now, some people teach that our bodies and our humanity are, are not really pleasing to God and that God is only interested in our spirits, and that's not true. Not true at all. When Jesus became a man, God showed us that he placed value on the human body. Remember, this is God incarnate. God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, if our bodies were not important to God, then why would he become flesh? Why would he take on flesh? All right. And obviously, what it also teaches us that we must treat our bodies as temples of God, that we should treat our bodies as important to God. And, and here I can tell you, beloved, through the, through the years, uh, I can look back at my own life and see how I abused my body. I can literally see it, how I, I undermined what God's intention is with our bodies. And I, I never really understood how important our bodies are in the fact that Jesus Christ took on human form. God became human. He, he took on human, um, a human body. All right. So if he took on a human body, he didn't come as some extraterrestrial thing. No, he took on flesh and blood. It's absolutely amazing. All right. But Jesus was sinless. And this is the, this is the great thing. As being fully human... Remember, when, when we speak about the two natures of, of Christ, Christ was fully God and he was fully man. So was Jesus able to sin? Of course, in his, sin, in his uh, human nature, he was fully able to sin. God cannot sin, but man can. So Jesus was fully able to sin. Jesus was fully able to be tempted. Uh, he had all the limitations uh, of, of, a, of a human being. Yet, he lived without sin. And beloved, when it comes to our sanctification, I believe that it's something that you and I have to strive towards, which means we want to live a holy life and we want to live more and more and more holy all the time to the glory of God, following the example of our great Redeemer, uh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Do we really respect our bodies or do we mistreat them? Because we need to remember that God took on flesh, this kind of body that we have, um, to come and save us from our sin. Absolutely amazing. All right, so this is basically Gnosis and the hypostatic union of the two natures of Jesus Christ. Yeah? The divine nature and also the human nature of Jesus Christ. Well, I, I hope that this helps us to understand a little bit more about Christ. Uh, scripture teaches us that we need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to grow in the grace in the sense of understand more and more how he saved us and why he saved us and, and what salvation is all about that comes through Christ. And then uh, at the same time, we need to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, of who he is. And the two natures of Christ are one of those things that we need to uh, understand. Uh, and, and it just helps us to, to, to admire Christ more and more and more. Right, with that being said, let's close our eyes in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much that we can come to you 
Thank you for what you've done for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you that he became flesh, took on human nature. Thank you that he is the God-man. And Father, thank you so much that he died on the cross of Calvary for our sin. Thank you that we can look at him as our example and follow in his footsteps. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.